So I was very fortunate that one of my first yoga teachers was also a Vedic astrologer. And I had been trying to learn about this Vedic astrology for a long time, but I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And there weren't really any good books, and it was hard to find teachers at the time. So I was very fortunate that my yoga teacher was also a Vedic astrologer. And I got a reading with him, and it blew my mind. And Vedic astrology is coming from the same source text as yoga, the Vedas, around 3,000 plus years ago. And it's considered the sister science of yoga. And that's why I teach all about it on the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast every week. And it's a totally different field and subject, but there's a lot of overlap and a lot of similar concepts. So I love practicing and teaching both of them. And this Thursday, I'm hosting a free workshop called Become Your Own Astrologer. So even if you're like, I could never do that, I, astrology is too complicated, I don't even know where to begin, this is where to begin. So this is the workshop I wish existed when I was trying to learn this stuff and trying to find a teacher to help me walk through it. So I'm going to walk you through seven steps to help you improve your health, your wealth, relationships, find your purpose, right? Pretty tall order but it's actually all laid out right there in your birth chart. So even better, if you know your time of birth, you can get your free birth chart right now at quietmindastrology.com. But you can sign up for this workshop at quietmind.yoga slash astrology workshop. So there's a link in the show notes for today's episode. But this is a really cool event, and I won't be doing it again for a long time. So quietmind.yoga slash astrology workshop. It's called Become Your Own Astrologer, and I'll be teaching you seven steps to how to start using Vedic astrology, which if you're doing yoga, it's like a natural progression. And the more you get into yoga, the more you realize how resonant and how helpful this approach can be because it comes from the same concepts, same teachings. There's a lot of overlap, and it's really cool stuff. So quietmind.yoga slash astrology workshop. Check it out. I hope to see you there this Thursday. If you can't be there live, you can get the replay for free. It's all free, and I'll be offering a way to work with me deeper if you want to, but I'm going to be providing a bunch of in-depth content there, totally free. All right, thank you for uh, listening, and get into today's actual intro and episode now. My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast, episode 174, a gentle yoga practice for the hamstrings and shoulders, and to address the relationship of body and mind. So some of the most common requests that I hear from students is to work with the hamstrings and shoulders. These are very common areas of tension in the body. And there's some very uncommon things that I've learned of how to address these tensions. And if we just go in at them with trying to stretch them and lengthen them, that often works maybe in the short term, but not always in the long term. And there's some other ways to approach this that I will weave throughout the class today. But essentially, just stretching is not always the answer. And there's other things that we can do that sometimes work better for increasing flexibility than just stretching. It seems very counterintuitive, and it is, but it works. And it comes from a lot of experience of trying the other way and uh, being very well-intentioned and teaching students to flex, to cre- increase their flexibility and focus on stretching And then they would come back with the same issues the next time and the next time and the next time and the same for myself. 
So I'll share that in today's practice, as well as this relationship of the mind and body, which is something we're always doing in yoga is, yes, I talk about quieting the mind, and that's the whole name of everything that I do, quiet mind yoga. And that's because when we can quiet the mind, what do we notice instead? We notice our bodies, right? We notice what's happening in the present moment. And we notice this sort of awareness, this true self, the Atman in the old yogic text that is always there observing our experience and not reactive to it. You can notice today I feel flexible. Maybe yesterday I felt tense or vice versa. You can notice maybe today I feel happy or yesterday I felt sad. You can notice all of these changes going on. You can notice I used to feel this way in my body. Today I feel this way. Maybe I had tension. Now I feel ease. Right, so all these things are always changing, but our true self is steady. It's that still, quiet voice within that is never loud, never reactive, never urgent or scarce. It's choosing how to respond to each moment. And we can be present for the ups and downs of our experience as humans. We feel happy some days, we feel sad some days. And it's not that we need to get rid of those things or make them wrong or make one thing better than another. Being more flexible isn't always better than being less flexible. Being happy today isn't always better than being sad, right? Sometimes we are going through a grieving process. Sometimes we are holding tension in the body for a reason to protect ourselves and it's a necessary thing at that time. And then, yes, we can choose to change those things, but from this place of clarity, presence, curiosity, understanding, right? and that's the true self that we come back to. So we'll explore a bit of this stuff today in the class. And if you want to learn more about the poses and the physical asana, and maybe find some alignment tips or some new perspective on things, check out the awesome free training that I created at quietmind.yoga slash pose guide. So this is a free video training where I walk you through many of the most common poses that I teach here on the podcast and that you'll encounter in other classes with other teachers and address some of the things that many teachers don't address and that I've weaved into my teaching because I think they're so important and so effective. So it's pretty much a no-brainer. It's a really awesome guide. Uh, I'm really happy with it. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Quietmind.yoga slash pose guide. It's a free video training. You can check it out right now, or you can check out the link in the show notes to get right to that link. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, let me know. Tag me on Instagram at quietmind.yoga and share this with a friend. So let people know this is here for anyone who wants yoga to be freely available to anybody, anytime, anywhere. And I really appreciate you listening. So let's get into today's practice. I always think of uh, something one of my teachers told me early on was this idea that there's only one relationship. It's between you and you know the God of your understanding or source or truth or whatever that is for you. Uh, and then everything else is a reflection of that, right? And, you know, I've thought about that for a long time. And, you know, maybe that resonates with you, maybe not. But I think in our yoga practice, we can work with this idea of the relationship of our mind and what we choose to put our attention on and the body. So this relationship within ourselves. And I think when that relationship is going well for me, when I feel like, uh, you know, kind of aware of my emotions, aware of my energy, my state, 
the other relationships tend to work out a lot better. When I'm not in good relationship with myself, if I'm feeling judgmental or self-conscious or insecure or whatever it might be, th those things tend to also show up in my relationships with other people. So in this month in our practice, I'll just be bringing us back to this idea of in the relationship of the mind and the body, of what you choose to put your attention on in different areas of the body. And we'll start this with just by moving, bringing the knees in towards the body, rocking a little bit side to side, massaging the back. And part of this, I think, is just being kind to yourself, being gentle with your body, not trying to force or push anything in throughout the practice or being judgmental, just noticing where those little judgments creep in of, oh, I was so much more flexible last week or last year. You know, those little things can be really, can really creep in there. But really, the practice is not about trying to outdo yourself or be better than last year, but to be with what is arising right now, moment to moment, movement to movement. And I'll come to the center, one hand on each knee. As you inhale, press the knees forward, arching the low back. And as you exhale, pull the knees in, rounding the low back. Moving at your own pace. Moving in a way that feels gentle, therapeutic, nurturing for yourself. And then let the feet down to the floor, setting up for a bridge pose. So feet are hips width apart and fingertips can touch the heels. And start to peel the spine up on the inhale to bridge pose. And then back down on the exhale, one vertebrae at a time, moving with your breath. It doesn't matter how big the movement is or how fast, but that it feels in alignment with linking your body, mind, and breath. And then start to come up to bridge pose and we'll hold and breathe there. And then slowly lower the spine back down. Hug your right knee in and let the left leg extend out to the floor. Holding, breathing here for a moment, relaxing the right hip flexors. You can move the ankles and toes if you want. And now hold hands behind the right thigh and extend the right leg towards the ceiling, stretching the hamstrings. Flex the toes back towards the knee, extending the heel towards the ceiling to go a little deeper into the hamstrings. We'll hold and breathe here about 30 more seconds, giving the time for the, these muscle fibers to relax. And when we're working with the mind, it's important to remember that we can't always control the thoughts that we think, right? You might just suddenly have a memory of the past or a fear about the future. That's okay. We can't actually stop that, but we can choose what to put attention on and what to amplify. So throughout the practice, focusing on sensations in the body helps those wandering thoughts sort of 
fade out, right? So they don't become as active and um, sort of take over the, the mind. When we're focusing on sensations, it's very tricky to also be focusing on thoughts at the same time. Our brain is not really wired to do that. So noticing sensations in the hamstrings, relaxing the shoulders, And then slowly start to release the right leg back down to the floor. And we'll hug the left knee in to the other side, starting with this wind relieving pose. Right leg extends, left knee in, shoulders relaxed. Just relaxing the left hip flexors, the front of the hips. You can move the ankles and toes again if you want. And now extend the left leg, holding hands behind the left thigh to help this emphasis on the hamstrings. And you could even kind of massage in the hamstrings if you want here with your fingers, if that feels good. Noticing sensations along the back of the leg, the calf, hamstrings. And slowly release the left leg down, just letting both legs relax for a moment. And now bend the knees, feet on the floor, setting up like bridge pose again. So we'll do a little hamstring strengthening. As always, I like to make sure we include both stretching and strengthening for most of the muscles of the body. Uh, so that helps us have full access to them. So now from those bridge pose, we'll start to peel the spine up off the floor, lifting the hips. And keep the heels down, the backs of the feet stay down, the toes lift. Now, don't actually move your feet, but press your heels down firmly and energetically drag them back towards the body. So it's like you're trying to drag your heels in, but they don't actually move. It's just enough so you feel a contraction in the hamstrings where we just stretched. Holding, breathing that there and maintaining that contraction in the hamstrings. And slowly release the spine back down. Happy baby pose, holding outside of the feet or the shins. You can rock side to side. You can extend one leg at a time here. Just easing into the hamstrings here. And then bring the soles of the feet together down to the floor in Supta Baddha Konasana Supine Bound Angle. So the knees just relax open. The arms can rest beside you. Or you could bring one hand on belly, one hand on heart, breathing into the belly, ribs, and lungs.
in terms of relationships in the muscles in the body, there's something called reciprocal inhibition. So that means if, like, for example, the back of the body is contracting, then the front of the body can open. So like in the bridge pose, we contracted the hamstrings, and that allowed the quads and the hip flexors to open the front of the legs. So here in this position, to help open the inner hips, squeeze the glute muscles on the floor here, and you may even start to lift the glutes off the floor. So you're contracting so strong in the back of the legs and the glutes that your hips lift up, and this allows the inner hips to open a little bit more. Right, so everything in the body is relational in this way. So if we want the front to open, we got to contract the back. So now if you lifted the glutes up, slowly lower back down to the floor, and maybe your knees relax apart even more. And then we'll bring the knees back together for supine pigeon pose, right ankle over left thigh, shoulders stay relaxed, and you could reach for uh, wrapping the hands around the left thigh, interlacing the fingers. Just make sure the shoulders and neck stay relaxed. And slowly release to the other side, same thing. And again, as we go through the practice, if your mind starts to wander or feel distracted, just come back to noticing sensations in the postures. Slowly release here. Hug both knees in towards the body. And then let the knees just fall over to the left in a simple twist here. Knees to the left, arms open out to a T or a goalpost, turning the head to the right. And then back to center to the other side, knees fall to the right, turn the head to the left. And then back to the center and hug the knees in to rock forward and back, massaging the spine. If that doesn't feel good, you can always just roll over to your side and come up. But otherwise, rock forward and back a few times here, massaging from the tail up to the shoulders. Keep the chin slightly tucked in. 
And we'll come all the way up to hands and knees. And have the blanket under the knees. And take the next minute or so to make any movements that feel good for you, which could be holding still, could look like cat-cow. Could just be moving around side to side, forward, back. Moving all of the hips, neck, shoulders, spine. And we'll come back to the center. As you inhale, cow pose, extending the spine, lifting the tail and chin. As you exhale, round the back to cat pose. Continue with your breath and add a little more emphasis to the shoulder blades moving together and apart here. As we start to shift more of our focus to the shoulders for this next little sequence. So cat cow here at your own pace a couple more times. A little more emphasis on the shoulder blades moving together and apart. And then we'll come back to neutral spine, hands and knees. Bring your hands off of the mat onto the wood floor and move left to right into the shoulders, side to side. And then back to center and round the back a lot, shoulder blades apart. You could stay right there or you could emphasize this even more by bringing your hands in closer to your knees, really rounding the upper back, chin towards the chest, opening the space between the shoulders and the traps and the rhomboids, upper back. Breathe right into that space between the shoulders and then slowly release that tension as you walk your hands forward and lower the forehead down towards the ground. Hips stay over the knees as you let the head sink down, arms extending. Now here we're opening the front of the body, so we want to contract a little bit in the back of the body. So your shoulder blades move towards each other where we just open them and the head sinks down, the chest might sink down here. And now to a twist, so threading your right arm underneath, right shoulder down. And to allow more opening in the upper back and the shoulders, you can press more firmly into the left hand and reach more actively through the right fingers.
Last little bit. Breathe into the space between the shoulders. You can emphasize the breath all throughout the torso, but here it's emphasize the space between the shoulders. And then slowly release. Come over to the other side. Now left arm reaches through. Left shoulder down towards the ground. And you could stay more resting here. But to really emphasize the opening of the upper back and shoulders, you can press firmly into the right hand and reach actively through the left hand. Breathe into the space between the shoulders, feeling expansion on the inhales, contraction on the exhales, sort of massaging out the tension in the rhomboids and the traps. And slowly release back to the center. And remove the blanket here. So blanket out to the side, all the way down to the stomach. Reach your right arm forward to roll onto your right side. Left hand helps you balance. So you can move the left hip in circles in all directions. You can extend the leg, you can bend the knee, move the toes, the ankle. So we're moving the synovial fluid in the joints of the hips and the knees and ankles and keeping everything able to move easily here. And now we'll bring the left leg stacking over the right again. But now lift the left leg up a foot or two and reach it back a foot or two with straight left leg, strengthening outer hips, strengthening glutes, the left side. Now if you want a little more challenge, you could lift the right leg as well, finding your balance. Your right leg can reach slightly forward. Hold and breathe here. There's going to be a little wobble with this at first, but as you stay, you find your center. And now slowly release that and let your left foot land on the floor behind you. So you bend the left knee, left foot plants on the floor behind you. So the left knee is like pointing towards the ceiling. Yep. And now with that, that gives you a solid base. So your left arm can make circles and movements, can move the rotator cuff and the left shoulder, the wrist, the fingers all the joints in the left arm moving freely, fluidly. Forty-one percent of your flexibility is in the joints. So is the joints if the joints are stiff, not going to be able to move the muscles as well. So keeping the joints fluid, lubricated, supple, easy to move. And then slowly release all that coming down to the belly and over to the other side, left arm forward, roll onto the left side. 
And your right hand helps you balance at first, so you can move the right hip, knee, ankle, all around in circles and movements here. And now stack the legs again, reach the right leg up and back about a foot or so, foot or two, and then lift the left leg up and forward a foot or two. So this is sort of a V shape with the legs, but the legs are floating off the floor using the spinal stabilizers, the core stabilizers, the strength of the outer hips. All this helps support the back. Holding, breathing here. And slowly release all the way down to the belly. So from the stomach, some version of a back bend, which could be a low cobra, hands on the floor, lifting your heart. Could be a sphinx pose with elbows down. Or if you want something more active, locust pose, reaching the arms back, lifting the heart, lifting the legs. Any, any version of this, we're extending the spine, we're strengthening the back of the body, opening the front of the body. And slowly release all this and just turn the head to one side, let everything relax. For me, I had tight shoulders for a good long while. And really, after nine years of practice, just last year, I started to um, uh, relieve the tension in my shoulders and become aware of how to move and work with that. And um, thinking, that, thinking of that like a relationship, like the relationship was my shoulders were tense and I kept trying to stretch them and pull on them and make them not be tense, right? I was kind of angry <laughs> judging myself in a way you know like why am I still so tense here uh, but I learned to sort of work with that and be with the tension and not try to change it so so aggressively just trying to stretch all the time and uh, kind of go with that tension so learning to contract and stretch so go both directions so we're doing that here in these poses now we'll come back to a back bend again lifting the heart up any amount contracting the back of the body especially those of you with the tight shoulders going on, feeling for that sensation of the shoulder blades moving towards each other. The trapezius muscles, upper traps are like a triangle from the shoulders to the neck. So thinking of moving the shoulder blades together and slightly up towards the neck. So you're fully engaging those muscles. And going with that tension. Right, so when there's tension in the upper back especially, I think go with it. Just feel that tension, exaggerate the tension. And after a while, it'll start to get tired. And we'll slowly start to release all of that engagement of the back of the body. Turn the head to the other side and let everything relax. 
Feeling the tension fade out of the upper back. you've ever been in a relationship or friendship where somebody's constantly criticizing you and wanting you to change, you probably know that doesn't work so well, right? Uh, so the same thing with our muscles and our bodies. So Taking out the criticism, taking out the need to try to change things, but just to be with them and go with it. So if there is a tension, go with it. Be, make it more intense, more tension, and just go in that direction. And eventually it, it will start to release. And then we'll start to bring the hands under the shoulders and back to hands and knees, back to downward facing dog. And you can bend one knee at a time, shifting weight side to side into the hamstrings, the hips, the calves. And then we'll come forward to a plank pose, shoulders over the wrist, holding, breathing here. So high push-up position, strengthening the front of the body, the, the belly, the chest, the arms, the legs. And then back to downward facing dog, lifting the hips up and back. And start to walk the feet forward to a forward fold at the front of the mat. And you can hold opposite elbows here. You can let the head hang down. Any variation of this forward fold. Knees can bend as much as you need to. And just let the neck start to release. The spine start to release. And with a bend in the knee, slowly roll up the spine to stand. And find mountain pose here, very similar to locust pose with the legs engaged, heart lifting, arms straight, shoulder blades moving slightly towards each other on the back. So there's a stability, a strength, an activation quality to this. Focus your gaze at a single spot. And from here, we'll reach the arms up overhead as you inhale. Catch your left wrist as you exhale to the side and we'll hold and breathe there in the side bend, allowing more space into the left ribs, breathing into the left ribs. Next inhale, come back up to center and exhale to the other side, same thing, opening the right ribs, the right lung, breathing into the right side of the body. And then we'll come back up to center and bend the elbows to lift the heart. Bring the hands behind the back, interlacing the fingers behind the back. And reach the arms slightly back to lift the heart up, forward and up slightly a little bit more. Now you could stay right here or come into a forward fold with the arms overhead and hold here.
we'll all just release the arms and have a bend in the knees to a wide sort of, so take the feet a little wider apart and bend the knees to a sort of wide base chair pose. Hands on the thighs for this one. And just like we did at the beginning, we tilt the pelvis forward and back. So as you inhale, you lift the heart. As you exhale, round the back, tucking the pelvis in. Move with your breath here, inhaling to extend the spine and exhaling to round the back. So just feeling control and movement in the pelvis, being able to tilt it forward and back and that relationship with the pelvis and the lower spine. Right, those of you with low back pain, this is a good skill to develop in different postures like laying down, sitting, standing, to be able to tilt the pelvis to help alleviate some of the lumbar tension. Now, next time you come back to neutral, stay there. And we'll fold over the legs here and turn to your left for a wide stance, facing out to the left side of the room into a wide-legged forward fold. And you can have hands on thighs or hands to the floor or moving towards the floor. So the legs are wider apart, forehead, head lowering towards the ground to help open the hamstrings even more here from the beginning. And now start to turn, move your hands towards the front foot. So again, stepping up to the front of the mat to a forward fold. Being gentle on the low back, right? Bend the knees as much as you need to to get there. Take your time. And then when you come back eventually to the front of the mat again to a forward fold, and you can hold opposite elbows. You can let the head hang down. And then we'll release the hands and step back to downward facing dog. And again, you can bend one knee at a time. You can shift weight side to side, easing into the hamstrings and calves. Now either stay in down dog for a few breaths or come down to child's pose for a few breaths. Right? Child's pose more resting, down dog more active, depending on what you want in your practice today. And then we'll all come up to hands and knees and have the blanket under the knees. So we'll work on our balance a little bit here. Have the right leg extend straight back parallel to the floor. And you could stay right there or extend your left arm forward parallel to the floor. Hold and breathe wherever you're at. Focus the gaze at a single spot. And there will always be a little bit of wobble with this, but find your center between the wobbles. And then lower back down, hands and knees. Left leg extends back. And right arm 
if you want a little more challenge. And slowly release back down. Now right hand comes a little bit forward, side plank. So your, your right toes come off the mat, left leg goes straight back, and left arm comes over the right. Now you could stay right here just like that, or if you want a little more challenge, lift your left leg up to be parallel to the floor here. Again, strengthening outer hips and the leg and the balance with the stabilizers. And slowly release back to hands and knees. Left hand a little bit forward, side plank to your left side. Right arm, right leg might lift here. Hold and breathe. And then back to the center. And then here on hands and knees, if you want, so we'll engage the stabilizers, the core even more here, and also some of the bigger muscles to strengthen. So you can lift just your left knee here and you start to feel a little more activation of the core and the legs. But if you want a lot more, you can lift both knees, just hovering the knees off the floor here. And if you need to rest for a second, you can do that. Maybe you do it in little pulses, lifting the knees a little bit off the floor and then lowering. But feeling this engagement of, so the toes are tucked, yeah. yeah toes stay down, yeah. And the knees lift, there you go. And then slowly lower that back down. Back to downward facing dog. And you can bend one knee at a time. You can shift weight side to side here in down dog. And then we'll walk up to the front of the mat and we'll do a couple of standing balance postures here. So again, find your locust pose, tall spine, arms straight, legs engaged. Lean into your right foot. So now you take the weight off of the left foot and the left foot can just hover off the floor and find your balance here on the right foot. It's going to be a little bit of wobble at first, but find the center. And then let your left toes touch the floor behind you. It's very similar to what we did on hands and knees, but now maybe start to float the left leg up off the floor. Stay somewhere you can breathe about three to five breaths. So if you fall right away, that's too far. But if you feel like you're a little more open, you can start to lift the back leg more, hinging towards like warrior three, more parallel to the floor. It doesn't matter how far you go, it's more important that you find the engagement and awareness of the body and you can hold and breathe wherever you're at. And that's how you'll continue to increase range of motion, strength, and balance. Okay, nice. Now slowly release all that back to standing. So again, finding the sort of uh, like locust pose, lifting the heart, straight arms, and then lean to your left foot. Right foot just hovers off the floor. Focus the gaze at a single spot. 
And then let the right toes touch the floor behind you. And you might stay right there if that feels wobbly. If you're good, start to float the leg up, eventually moving towards parallel to the floor in that direction, like you were on hands and knees. Focus the gaze. Just make sure not to hold the breath here. So steady breathing, relaxed in the body, even though you're very engaged in the muscles. And then we'll come back to stand. Now bring the hands to the waist. So it's a little more grounding, a little more stable to have that. And then turn your left toes and knee out to the left. Foot to the ankle of the right foot. And you might stay right here if this feels a little wobbly. Otherwise, bring your foot to the calf or the, or the thigh. Just not on the knee. No pressure on the knee for a tree pose. And again, hands on the waist, most stable. Hands at the heart if you want more challenge. Or arms extending overhead in a Y shape. Hold somewhere you can breathe about three to five breaths. And focus your gaze at a single spot. And then we'll slowly release all that down. Awesome. Now again, hands on the waist, turning the right toes out to the right, knee out to the right. Either foot to the ankle, finding your stability here, or to the calf, or to the thigh. And hands stay on the waist, or at the heart, or overhead, in a Y shape. So any version of this tree pose here, focus the gaze at a single spot. You can always use the wall or a beam for balance if you want a little support. Right, the best way to improve balance and stability is just to find that range where it's just a little bit challenging, but you can still breathe about three to five breaths. So your body adapts to the, the stimulus. And we'll slowly lower back down. And then we'll inhale to reach the arms up overhead. Exhale to the right just for a breath here. Inhale the center. Exhale to the left. Inhale to center and exhale to bend the elbows and interlace the hands with the opposite hand on top. So it just feels a little different. It's good for the brain to switch that up. And then you can stay there or fold at the waist like before if you did. And slowly release the hands down. Come back to Downward Facing Dog. And again, you can stay in Down Dog or go to Child's Pose. Either way, we'll say one of those for three to five breaths here. Either more active, engaging, or more resting and relaxing. And then we'll all come down to child's pose, knees apart, hips to heels. Right, so now we've done the strengthening, activating, and uh, the balance. So now we go into some deeper 
flexibility here. And we'll come up to the hands and knees. And either to pigeon pose here, this version, the right knee towards the right wrist, left toes point straight back. And start to come down on resting the head on the hands. But if you do that and there's some tension in the outer hip or it feels uncomfortable, you can always come down to your back, like that version we did earlier, laying on the back with the right ankle over left thigh. And when you're ready, you slowly start to transition to the other side. Take your time. If there's any movements you want to make in between, you can do that. And we'll all start to come up to sitting. And we'll come to this sort of crab shape. So your knees are bent, hands are down behind you. And this will go into deer pose. So I'll mirror you so it's a little easier to follow. So your knees fall over to your left, both knees. And then you end up having your right knee inside of the arch of the left foot. All right, so right knee to the arch of the left foot. And then from there, it starts to turn around towards the back of the mat and lower down to your hands or your elbows, or maybe lowering the head down to the floor if you feel a little more open there. If there's any pain in the hip or the knee, do less. So don't push into that pain. But this should feel like a nice stretch and relief on the low back and the sides. And a little bit for the hips as well. But it depends on what's tense 
you know, where you hold tension in your body, so it could be a little different for everyone. So this is called deer pose. It's one of the best ways to stretch the QL, the lower sides of the back, which can uh, help relieve back pain. Sometimes hamstring tension as well can be related, uh, but really helps support the back. And start to come back up and over to the other side. So knees fall to your right, left knee inside the right arch. Walk your hands back towards the back of the mat, down to hands or elbows or resting the head on the hands if, if you feel more open there. You can use your uh, blanket under the hands if you want. And then start to untwist back to center. And have both legs extend out. So probably want to start with a bend in your knees, but the more you bend the knees, the more you can emphasize stretching the upper back and shoulders. The more you straighten the legs, the more you can emphasize stretching the hamstrings, depending on how the low back's feeling though. So you can feel this out. But any amount of starting to fold forward over the legs, if you can grab on with your hands to the legs or the feet and sort of pull, that will help open the upper back more. Or if you want to focus more on the hamstrings, start to straighten the legs out. So any amount folding over both legs here, Paschimottanasana, the head and the neck relaxes down towards the ground. Starting to release any effort in the neck here. And then we'll all sit back up to a comfortable seated posture and start to move the neck forward and back. So spine stays neutral, just moving the head forward and back. Jaw relaxed. And you can even make open sort of yawning motions with the jaw if you want. And 
And then moving left to right, rotating the cervical vertebrae left to right. And into the center, moving laterally, side to side. So shoulder or ear towards the shoulder, shoulders stay relaxed. And now making circles, drawing a big circle with the nose in both directions a couple of times. Jaw stays relaxed. Again, you can make the yawning motions if that feels good. And back to center. So before we lay down here, so those of you with the uh, upper back tension, you might want to take your blanket out and roll it up to a long cylinder and have that somewhere on, under the shoulder blades to lay back on. The thicker you make this, the more intense it is, though. So if it's, if it's too much, just make the roll thinner and adjust it. And the most important thing with this is if you do that, you just want your shoulder blades to touch the floor above the blanket. So if your shoulders are just kind of hanging off of the blanket, then your neck's going to be very stressed out from that. So you want your head and neck, your neck and shoulders to release down towards the ground. And again, those of you with the blanket under the shoulders, have your arms maybe overhead in a goalpost or Y shape. That's probably going to feel a little better. So then your arms are externally rotated, which is more natural in this shape. And make any last adjustments. Our final resting pose now. So if you want to take the blanket out, you can. But if you just want to lay there for the rest of the practice, you can do that too. Now notice the points of contact, the back of the body to the floor, grounded, supported. And the front of the body relaxed.
And start to move the fingers and toes, arms and legs. Eventually coming over to one side and then back up to sitting. Take your time. And we'll close the practice with the hands together at the heart, bowing the mind to the heart and to each other. Thank you for practicing today. Namaste.